Merry Christmas, everyone. Glad you're here. Um, I just want to thank you for giving an hour of what's a really special day, just to be here to celebrate together uh, Jesus, what it means for, uh, for him to be born into the world, what it means for us, and we're going to celebrate that together, and my hope is that you leave here uh, feeling that uh, you leave with some blessing for having been here. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Rusty, and I'm lead pastor here uh, at the church. What you saw there was a commercial maybe you've seen before. It was released a few years ago, but it actually depicts uh, a true uh, event that happened, which was called the Christmas Truce of 1914. Happened during uh, World War I, which was a terrible war. They talk about World War I as if it was the most terrible war because that was uh, trench warfare, people fighting just meters from one another. It was a terrible war. 1914 was a terrible year. Uh, History tells us that it rained almost every day. Uh, Except on Christmas Eve, 1914, the rain stopped. And the sun came out. And those wet trenches full of water drained. And um, it improved people's spirits a little bit. And the German troops decided to to dress these little trees, tannenbaums, and they put them on the top of the parapets, the trenches. And the English troops saw this and uh, thought, of course, they were planning an attack. That's what this meant. And then they heard the murmur, some sound, and realized that what they were hearing was a stille Nacht, silent night, sung in German, coming from the German trenches. And uh, so they decided that they were going to counter that by singing Silent Night of, the, of Their Own. And they, they tried to drown out the Germans. And as they were going back and forth, finally, uh, they started to sing in a united way, Silent Night. And after that, Good King Wenceslas and more carols uh, until finally someone had the bravery to get up out of the trenches and approach the other side. And history tells us that actually an officer of the German army and an officer of the English army left their trenches and met in no man's land by the wire in the middle where there were just countless dead bodies strewn. And there in no man's land, they shook hands and they agreed that for one day there would be no shooting. There would be no killing on Christmas Day. They decided to lay down arms for Christmas, which was the next day. And so the troops that night in those trenches, they just had a sublime quiet rest like they hadn't had. No sound of bombs or bullets. They woke up the next morning, Christmas Day, and uh, they left their trenches and they joined one another. They found their dead and they buried their dead, the English uh, and the German, in, in common graves. Uh, and they had a common service and a common mass there to celebrate Christmas. And games of soccer broke out. In fact, the Scottish Highlanders approached a group of Bavarians to play a game, and the Bavarians just died laughing every time the kilts flew up on the Scottish Highlanders as they were playing games of soccer together there in no man's land. And for that one day that there was, there was peace, they swapped gifts. History tells us that a British officer gave his scarf to, a, to the German officer, and the German officer wanted to return the kind, but he didn't have a gift on him, so he sent one of his troops back to go get the gloves, the fur gloves that his wife had sent him for Christmas, and he fetched those and gave them as a Christmas gift to the English officer. For this one day, there seemed to be peace, and yet even at that time, there were people that were taking note of the defenses 
the trenches of the other side. And during that, that day, they were repairing their damaged trenches for the following day because at the end of Christmas Day 1914, uh, uh, certain sectors, the, the, the officers of these opposing sides met and uh, the truce came to an end. They shook hands, they lifted their revolvers in the sky and they fired a shot, which meant the war is back on. And they went back to their sides and they kept fighting for a few more years. Millions of more people would die in World War I, uh, a terrible war. But for one day there, there seemed to be peace on Christmas Day. I heard uh, the definition of peace given as this. Peace is that glorious moment of history when everybody stops to reload. Sometimes that's what peace feels like. Just uh, not really peace because true peace is lasting peace, but peace that doesn't last isn't really peace. That's more of like a pause. That's more like a pause in the battle. It's not really Peace. Sometimes that's what Christmas feels like for me anyway. I mean, I love Christmas. What about you? Like, I'm one of those guys, September, the Kenny G Christmas album, it's time. I love putting up that tree in November. I just love Christmas season, everything that comes with it. Uh, I, I love all the gifts that, not so much the giving, but the getting primarily for myself. Um, I, I just love everything about it. I, I look forward to Christmas. And yet, I don't know if you're like me, but, but even as you look forward to Christmas, um, th- there's a bit of sadness there at the same time because you know it's, it's, it's gonna end, right? Like on, on December 26th, the tree's gonna be bare underneath and all you're gonna have is wrapping paper to discard, right, and it's all over, and you're already anticipating having to take all the decorations down and pack them up, and life goes back to normal, and then even worse, in mid-January, you get the credit card statement, right, which is the worst day of all, so I mean, even as you celebrate and look forward to it, it's kind of tinged with this, uh, with this sadness that you know it's going to come to an end. It's not so much peace Uh, but maybe more of a pause because true peace lasts. It doesn't end. Sometimes I think what we consider our Christmas peace is more just a Christmas pause. And for some of you, maybe you're not even in a pause this season. Maybe the season is just pain for you. I know some of the families in the church I heard yesterday lost their mother passed away. It's going to be a, a tough Christmas and some of you, you enter this season and it doesn't feel so much like peace. Maybe there's a bit of pain because you've, you've experienced some loss um, in your life and then this season reminds you of that loss and it just doesn't at all feel like that Hallmark, you know those, do you watch Hallmark movies? There's only one thing I like about Christmas ending. No more Hallmark movies in my house, I tell you. <laughs> almost not. My, my wife eats that stuff up. She loves it, right? It's all just like warm and fuzzy and Christmas, and it always ends really well. It always ends really happy, the Hallmark movies, right? But then even as you watch those, you go, that's not real life. I mean, that's not real life. And as great as Christmas is, Christmas comes to an end, and then we just keep on 
ongoing. And, and maybe sometimes we wonder if, if peace is even something we can really have. Like lasting, true lasting peace is something that we can really have in life. I, maybe, I, I wonder if that's why they put those initials on gravestones, R-I-P. What does that stand for? Rest in peace. Kind of depressing, isn't it? That, that, that the, the, the time when you actually find peace, when you can find a resting place is the time, like when you die? And you wonder, it, 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 is, is there the ability to have RIP in life and not just in death? Can you experience RIP in life, a, a resting place? The prophecy that we find in the book of Isaiah chapter 11 that Ethan just read here a few minutes ago, um, told of one that God would send into the world, a child. And this child, among other things, uh, was going to create a, a resting place that would be glorious, the prophecy says. Wasn't talking about like this guy's grave, his resting place is gonna be glorious. Talking about he's gonna create a place of true rest, of glorious rest, this one whom God will send. The prophecies that we have in the Old Testament which speak of, of God sending this Savior into the world and there are many of these prophecies that God gives over a period of hundreds of years that we now find fulfilled in Jesus. They all speak about this, this one whom God would send with kind of a, a, a common theme. And what you see throughout these prophecies that God gives is that when this child comes, he's gonna bring peace Peace, peace. And so in Isaiah 11, which we heard a few minutes ago, it talked about when he comes, the wolf is gonna lie down with the lamb. Like when you ever seen that happen? That's, that's not natural peace. That's, that's unnatural, supernatural peace that's gonna come with the coming of this one whom God would send. The wolf is gonna lie down with the lamb. If you've been with us over these last number of weeks, on Sunday mornings, we've been going through a series called Above All Names. We're, we're looking at the names that are given to this child that is to come that we find in Isaiah 9, verse 6. This is given and written 700 years before the birth of Christ. It says this, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, and then we have these four names. This child who is to come is going to be called Wonderful Counselor and Mighty God and Everlasting Father and Prince of, say it, peace. peace. You like that? I love that word. We all yearn for that, don't we? Peace. Not, some, not a pause. We yearn for peace that lasts. This child will be a prince of peace, we're told. Micah chapter five, uh, Caleb read that a few minutes ago. Out of you, Bethlehem, you, this little list of towns, is gonna come one whom God will send. And he will be our peace, it says. And so we find this theme over and over again that with the coming of this child comes peace. And so you know how the story goes on a hillside about, well, let's say roughly 2019 years ago. On a hillside just outside of Bethlehem, it's late one night, it's dark, and these shepherds are doing what shepherds do, you know, huddled behind a, a, beside a fire trying to keep warm at night, and all of a sudden this host of angels appears to these shepherds and delivers this news that tonight 
A child has been born in the town of Bethlehem. A savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And then we're told that these angels, angel choir, appears and starts singing glory to God in the highest and on earth, do you know how it goes? And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angels say to the shepherds, today the prince of peace has come. Now you'll notice the angels didn't say peace on earth. You might see that, you know, in the window at Walmart. The Ireland Mall in Keniston, right? Peace on earth. The angels didn't promise peace on earth. It's not what they said. They didn't say peace on earth. They said, and on earth, peace to those on whom God's favor rests. You see, you see what, what they're saying is that peace isn't, isn't on the earth. Peace is inside. Peace is inside certain people on the earth. You know, peace begins on the inside. That's where peace always begins. Before peace ever happens on the outside, peace always has to begin on the inside. And if there's not peace on the outside due to war or relational conflict or whatever it is, that's because there isn't peace on the inside because peace always begins in here. Peace always begins in the heart and then it flows to the outside. You know, Thomas Merton was talking about this. Thomas Merton, a great philosopher and author, he said, we're not at peace with others because we're not at peace with ourselves. We're not at peace with others because we're not at peace with ourselves. Now, that word peace is just way bigger than what we normally think it means. Peace isn't just to not fight. I mean, that word in the Hebrew, peace, is the word shalom. Now, some of you heard of that word today. It's still the way that Jews might greet one another. It, it's it's it, to, to, to wish for the other person total well-being, total like wholeness, completeness. Shalom, that, that's what it means. It means wholeness, peace. Now, I, I'm one of those guys that likes to put together a puzzle every now and then. I, I just find that like a good de-stressor. And you just focus hour. And, and so a couple months ago, I had this puzzle. It was a thousand pieces, got it used. That's the first problem. Beautiful picture, beautiful painting. I put together this, this uh, the, uh, difficult puzzle. I was getting near the end, and, and, and I realized there are a few gaps in this puzzle. I thought, well, I'm hoping that maybe when it's all kind of done that it's all, it's all full, it's complete. Well, I get to the end, and there's four pieces missing. You ever, you ever made a puzzle and there's pieces missing? And so, I, I mean, I'm just hunting all over. I'm, 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 I'm looking underneath the table in all the corners. I cannot find these pieces. So I send the girls out to the yard to go through. I thought, maybe the dog ate the pieces. I sent the kids out just to pick through the dog poop. Did she? I did. I did. I should have. I didn't. I didn't think of it at the time. You know what, but, but so you, you make a puzzle and, and you don't want to, you put so much time into it, you don't want to just rip it apart, right? You want to enjoy it. So this puzzle for, for a, a while is sitting on this table, but every time I look at it, it, it gives me angst. 
because all I see are there, there, there's these four missing pieces. And it's a beautiful picture, but I can't really enjoy the picture because it's missing these pieces. Like, like the puzzle is incomplete. And I think that's the way that we, we travel as humans through life. You know, we have life and we see that it could be beautiful. There's parts of it that might be, and yet we feel like there are these pieces that are missing. And we can't find them. We might search for them, but we lack wholeness. And, it, and these, these pieces keep staring us in the face, these, these voids, these, these holes in here, right? And, and, so, and, and that takes all sorts of different forms. You know, maybe, maybe we just have this nagging sense that we are not all that we could be or should be, and we carry around just some guilt or, 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 this, or this shame or whatever because we feel like somehow we have fallen short of what we ought to be or could be. There's this hole that we feel, right? And that brings with it guilt as we look back or maybe as we look forward, you know? We look to the future and we look to the future with fear because all we see is darkness and uncertainty and we don't know what it's gonna bring. And we feel this void that brings fear or, 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 or maybe we, we, we just strive, we work hard to try to secure for ourselves what we feel we need to face the future, you know, to be secure. We try to, we try to gain, to build security for ourselves and, and so we're greedy because we want security. Or maybe, maybe we go through life and, and we just, we feel like we're, we're lacking kind of honor or, or we, we, a, a sense of worth or significance and when people don't treat us the way we think that we ought to be treated or they don't give us the honor that we think we're due, we get angry because we feel we need something that we don't have to be whole that other people aren't giving me and so we get angry and, and, and we have all sorts of these holes these gaps in, in, I think, on the inside, in our heart that keep us from experiencing peace. I don't know what that looks like in your life. We think maybe if we can just get this or that for myself or from others, maybe, maybe we could be whole, maybe we could be complete and we can have peace. If I could just get more money and possessions, more status and security, or if I could just, if I could just have that relationship or have that affection or that love that would make me feel worthy or lovable or wanted, so we try to find in some relationship, right? Jesus says this in John 14, verse 27. Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, what Jesus is saying is those, those, those gaps you have, that lack of peace, you're gonna try to fill it with stuff in the world, but it's not gonna work. You're not gonna find peace in the world. He says, I will be your peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. My peace I leave with you. Jesus says, I'm gonna give you peace, but how's Jesus gonna do that? How is Jesus Prince of Peace for us today, 2019? Well, let's go back to the angels. When they said peace on earth to those on whom his favor rests, 
So, so, so who, will, who will know the peace? Who will have the peace? To those who have God's favor. If you know the favor of God on you, you will know peace. And this is what Thomas Merton, that, that philosopher, great philosopher author said, because he didn't stop where I stopped. He said, uh, we're not at peace with others because we're not at peace with ourselves and we're not at peace with ourselves because we're not at peace with God. We have holes in our lives that only God can fill for us. Jesus is the one who brings us true lasting peace because Jesus brings us into God's favor. Jesus fills all of those holes for us that makes us complete, that gives us shalom. Romans 5, 1 and 2, this is Paul. Paul was someone who persecuted the church and he hated Christians and he hated Jesus and then he became convinced that Jesus really was the Son of God and he gave his life to serving Jesus and sharing Jesus with others and he said in Romans 5, 1 and 2, he says, since we have been justified, since we have been made right with God, since we have been acceptable, made acceptable to God through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Jesus is our peace because Jesus brings us into peace with God. He secures God's favor for us. Not just because he was born, because the baby didn't stay the baby, right? We know the baby grew up. And he lived the life that we failed to live. And he died on that cross, not for his sin, but he died on the cross for your sin and my sin. And he paid our debt to God. He paid it all. Everything that stood between us and God, he satisfied. So that we might be brought into a favored relationship with God that our sins might be forgiven so that we might not have to wonder or worry about where we stand with God, what might happen to us in the future. We don't need to wonder, we don't need to worry because Jesus has done it all. Through Jesus, we can receive forgiveness of our sins and we can receive God's favor. His favor rests on us through faith in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us on the cross. We don't have to wonder or worry about where we stand. We don't have to fear the future if Jesus is our peace because he has secured our future. We know that God is with us and God is for us. God's favor rests on us. We don't have to fear the future because we have the presence of God in our life. We have God as Father. And we can face the future with confidence. We don't, have to, we don't have to fear the rejection of man, not getting the honor or, or not getting what we think we're due. We don't have to win the approval or the affection of others because in Jesus Christ, we have the love of God, the unconditional acceptance and affection of God as our Father. His favor rests on us. We are loved. We are accepted. We have a place with God that even death cannot take us from. 
We don't have to worry about lack of meaning in our life. You know, a lot of people going through life with an existential crisis. Why am I here? What is life all about? Is there any point to all of this? That's a really good question. And the answer of Jesus is, yeah, there's a point. You were made for a purpose. You were made by God for a purpose. And when you know Jesus Christ, you will know your purpose. You will know that God has a purpose for your life. God has a plan that God is working out all things for the good of those who love him because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us when we receive him into our life through faith. His favor rests on us. Jesus fills in all those missing puzzle pieces the pieces of our heart on the inside. Jesus and only Jesus can make us whole, can bring us true, lasting peace, not just a pause, not just for a season, but true and lasting peace Jesus gives. And so he says in John 16, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In me, you may have peace. For in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Friends, Jesus promises two things there. He promises trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. You're gonna have trials. You're gonna have loss. You're gonna have challenges. You're gonna have hurts. Tough things are gonna happen. It's gonna happen, that's life. In this world, you will have trouble, but then he gives a greater promise, but take heart. I will be your peace. I have overcome the world. I've overcome the guilt of your sin. I've overcome the power of your death. I bring you into a relationship with God where you have a life that's unending. You you know you have the presence of God. You know that God has a purpose for your life. I have come that you you might have whole, in spite of all the challenges and the troubles of life, you might have peace in all of it, in all of it. Because this is the point. Jesus, or peace isn't a a place or a position in life. Peace is a person. When, when when, When we hear that this child that is to come is the prince of peace, what we're supposed to hear is peace isn't just a place to be in life. It's not a position. It's not a set of circumstances. Peace is a person. The person of Jesus Christ. And when we receive Jesus Christ through faith as Lord and Savior in our life, we receive peace. We are made whole. All those gaps are filled, and we can be complete. Peace He gives to us, He secures for us everything that we need. To behold, Jesus is our peace. So as you celebrate today, I don't know about you, but we're going to go home in a few hours and open gifts. Um, And that's all great. But as you do that, you know, as you go through the rest of this Christmas season, all the fun and the festivities and the family and the friends and all the gifts, like just remember Remember that God has given you, God offers you the greatest gift. God offers you peace with him. A peace with him that changes your life in all the circumstances, situations you face. 
God has given you his peace because Jesus gives us God's favor. That is the greatest gift, the gift of God's favor, which we celebrate tonight as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, Prince of Peace.